Lee Bevington Media, voiceovers and on-air talent for radio, television and podcasts. Visit leebevington.com.au Radio, the transmission and reception of electromagnetic waves on radio frequency, especially those carrying sound messages, or the activity or industry of broadcasting sound programs to the public. Fanboy. A male fan, especially one who behaves in an obsessive or overexcited way. This is the Radio Fanboy Podcast, and here's your host, Bevo. Here we are, another podcast, and this time we're talking to one of the most underrated radio people in southeast Queensland. I'm a big fan of his. He's working on the Australian Traffic Network in Brisbane. You know him simply as Chris. We know him as Hully. Chris Hull joins us on the Radio Fanboy Podcast. Hello, Chris. Hello, Bevo. You're too kind. Thank you for that rap, mate. I hope I can live up to all the hype. Absolutely. How long have you been um, doing traffic for now? Uh, I started there in October of 2012, so we're coming up to almost nine years now and loving every minute of it. What is the process of being on a on uh, radio doing traffic reports? I know it's uh, a lot different to being on air uh, on a radio station. You've got several markets to record and some do live. What, what is that process like? Well, um, I get in probably about uh, 20 minutes before the first report goes and we uh, just sort through um, some of the information. Like usually uh, with my first report at 5am, there's not a lot going on. Uh, but sometimes on the other occasion, there might be like a building fire which is closed to road or a, an accident which is causing a little bit of trouble in an area. So we'll get all that information together, uh, have a look at Google Maps, see if there's any congestion going on through there. Uh, our Twitter feeds as well, sometimes they've got some information for us, collate all that together, put it into your 30-second report and uh, get the credit there and make it sound uh, nice for the client. And that's pretty much what you hear on the air most uh, mornings. And a lot of us uh, have different markets too. So we don't just do, say, Brisbane. A lot of us will have a couple in Brisbane, a couple on the Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast and Toowoomba in just the one shift. I will be driving from the Sunshine Coast and then I'll switch on a Brisbane station. And you're on both. How does that work? That is incredible. I know, right? It is so crazy. But the wonders of modern day technology, it's just great. We've got a, a little program that we call D-Log, which has all of our uh, radio station reports on it and our credits and things. And we uh, just record into that and uh, send it away. And it goes straight into the uh, system of the uh, radio station in question. And they get to play the reports every 15 minutes. I see a few of the uh, traffic reporters from ATN make it onto TV and, you know, are on Sunrise and Today Show and um, during the news in the afternoon. Are you one of those people? Do you get the chance to go up in the helicopter and be all pretty for TV or would you say you have a face for radio? I would say I have a face for radio. A lot of people don't need to see this face on the radio, on the uh, TV while they're having their uh, weebix in the morning. But uh, no, I'm quite happy being on the ground and uh, doing my radio stuff. It is pretty cool. Although I have been up on the chopper for a couple of joy flights uh, every so often to see Brisbane from above. And I must say in that aspect of it, I'm very envious of uh, Chopper Dave, Amelia and Nashi and uh, and another one of our reporters, Ben, who get to do it uh, most days. They're very, very lucky to get the view they get. Let's talk about your beginning in radio. Everyone has a story and you started at a community station, 87.6 Lakes FM in Forest Lake. I didn't even know they had a station. 
Well, uh, it's funny, neither did I. Uh, my aunt, who lives in Jurak, she got the local newspaper and she saw an ad for a Lakes FM radio course and she called me and said, hey, look, I'll, I'll send you through this. You, you might want to get into it. And it was about the time where I was, you know, edging towards the end of high school and thinking, okay, I've got to get serious. So uh, I went in and did the course and it was a 10-week course on a Saturday afternoon for an hour or two and we uh, graduated that course for Flying Colours and then went on to actually do it a few shifts on Lakes FM, um, mainly over the uh, school holidays. Um, I used to do midday to four or one till five, and it was great. I've still got some of the demo tapes here at home. They're uh, they're in a back cupboard somewhere. I oh. haven't been game to get them out. I was going to say, you kind of playing for us today, and I was like, yeah, I'm rubbing my heads together, <laughs> but no. No. <laughs> Better kept hidden, I think. Did you have a nickname when you started out on Lakes FM? Did they call you Holly? Did they call you Chris O or Crispy or anything like that? Well, no, when I first started, I was kind of like, you know, straight down the line and just go Chris or, or Chris Hull. And that's pretty much how I've been right through my career. But uh, the next radio job that I, I get uh, at some stage in the future, I might try and see if I can get Holly across the line. Yes. That'd be great. Or uh, Chopper Dave has thought of one, if I ever do get onto TV reporting, he said that Helicopter would be good. I think that is brilliant. Accolades <laughs> to Chopper Dave. Dave Absolutely. Andrews um, and I used to work at uh, Triple M many years ago, so he's a, he's a top bloke and I want to get him on the podcast. I'm going to have to use your um, influence to, to convince him to have a chat about his career. When I told him that I was coming on your podcast, he was very upset that you went for me first instead of him. <laughs> You know, you'll, you'll get there eventually, Chops. Not he's a, far away. He's on the list, but Holly, uh, you're, you're one of my favourite guys. You're the nice guy of oh, radio, so here you are you. talking to me today. So 87.6 Lakes FM, that was your beginnings in radio, but then you got the opportunity to work for 40AB as a race day control um, and, and monitor. Yeah, so uh, basically what that would entail is you'd sit in a studio uh, across from the coordinator studio and you'd have all of the feeds to all the racetracks there. And if um, a feed went down at, say, to the Randwick race course, you'd call up uh, 2KY in Sydney or Sky Sports Radio, it is now, and say to the control operator down there, hey, listen, we've lost your line to Randwick. Can you patch it back up for us? And they'll do that. Or um, sometimes uh, locally here in Brisbane, uh, Wayne Wilson, who was the main caller at the time, he would do special markets uh, for the coordinator and we would record those, play them back for the coordinator as well. And uh, the monitor side of things, that was actually the cool bit because I used to go into the coordinator studio, sit next to um, one of the best coordinators in the business who's still working to this day, Mercedes, and uh, used to listen to every single racetrack that we would cover get uh, times, margins, placings, uh, correct weight, um, and also if there was a protest coming in, we'd get that. So that was quite a lot of fun as well. And just to see the 16 or 17 monitors that she had to contend with on any one day was just mind-boggling. I don't know how she does it. Incredible. Mercedes, not um, Chappelle Corby's sister by any means, is it? <laughs> no, no, no. Very uh, very lovely Mercedes. She's been at 4Tab uh, or Radio Tab, but this is now for a, a long time and one of the best in the business. Awesome stuff. For TAB, great beginnings there and um, some great people you work with too. Graham Kemp, who I remember, um, was there um, when I was doing work experience back in the late 90s. 
Wow. Yeah, I got a lot to uh, to owe to my career to uh, to Kempi and also uh, one of the announcers at the time, Jeff Milne, because Jeff was the man behind Lakes FM, and uh, it was meeting through Jeff uh, at Lakes. He told me that he worked at uh, Four Tab, and uh, we were in the racing game for a bit. My dad had a couple of horses uh, that would go around, so we'd be at the races at Eagle Farm or Doombin every so often. So it's kind of a passion for me. So Jeff got me in the door there, and uh, Kempi, I um, I tried to jump on air and be a coordinator or a tote caller and uh, he gave me an opportunity to to do a tryout for him but unfortunately my eyesight wasn't that great and with the 16 monitors in the studio he's like okay read that monitor over there and I'm like uh that he's like yeah I don't think it's gonna work (laughs) so he got me in contact with uh, his mate David Greenwood at River 949 and I went and met David uh, had a bit of a chat with him uh, rocked up in my suit and tie to uh, Ipswich, which was uh, very impressive for uh, some of the people in the office. I was quite shocked. I was wearing a suit and tie. And um, had a chat with him, and he said, look, we've got nothing here at River, but I've got some friends who operate 4VL in Charleville and have a meeting with them. Um, so I had a meeting with uh, uh, Brad Smart at, um, funnily enough, the uh, Caboolture BP. <laughs> Is that right? I know that one. Yes. Was it the north or the southbound one? That was the northbound one. So oh, he, he was at the sunny coast at the time. Okay. I said, I'll meet you at the Caboolture BP. So we had a, a cup of coffee, had a bit of a chat, and uh, a couple of weeks later, my mum and I were packing up the Red Hot and Commodore Ute with what I had and moved out to my first radio gig at 4VL in Charleville. 4VL, Triple CFM, Hot Country, Charleville. It was, <laughs> uh, I'm sure it would have got uh, to 40 degrees plus out that way. Well, I was there between uh, April, uh, March and September, so okay. that was when it was really cold. I remember filling in for uh, Andrew Doman, the breakfast toast, one morning, and it was minus five, and I will never forget it. It was the <laughs> it was the coolest morning I've ever experienced, and I said to him the next day, I said, mate, you can have these minus fives and go back to bed. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't expect um, to be so cold out there considering the heat during the day, but some great Absolutely. talent has passed through there at um, 4VL in Charleville. Um, Ian Skibben comes to mind. I'm pretty sure yeah. um, Rob Elliott has also been there, but the great wow. Ryan Kay, the Righto. man that um, gave you a job later in life, um, also was there as well. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of famous faces going through. And for a city boy who had never listened to country music before in his life, it was a massive uh, experience to, to have a listen to this genre of music and think, oh, okay, this is what they play out here. you get, you got to, you know, get uh, into your Garth Brooks and your um, Tanya Kernigans and things and know a bit about that. <laughs> and they threw me uh, on Hot Country. They threw me on to the uh, All Request Breakfast and where we played nothing but country music. And they threw me on there for about three three weeks that was a very interesting time <laughs> so from country to easy listening easy mix 846 and cans <laughs> was your next uh, point of call well cans compared to charleville i mean they both begin with c but totally different <laughs> markets Absolutely, and uh, Cairns definitely a very, very lovely part of the world. I always tell people that the two years I spent in Cairns were probably my favourite two years in radio um, away from Brisbane. It was just beautiful. The people up there were so lovely. Um, The climate was amazing. Of course, being a tourist city, there was a lot going on all the time. The nightlife was great, not that I got to experience much of it being an early riser, but my main job up there was uh, to read the local news at 7.30 and 8.30 weekday mornings. Then I would produce for one of the absolute legends 
of Talk Radio in Far North Queensland. If you've been to Cairns, you've probably heard of him, John McKenzie. Macca. He has been there, I think, about 34 or 35 years, maybe more now, doing yeah. that 9 till 12 shift. And yep. uh, working for him, I got to... Um, meet a lot of the big names of uh, the, the Cairns uh, Council, uh, a lot of the big name, uh, big players in Cairns as well, which is great, and a lot of the listeners as well uh, who called in on a daily basis, so that was a lot of fun. And I think the, the best memory I've got of working with Macca, there's a few, but uh, the day that the then Prime Minister John Howard came in, that was probably the first big name person I got to meet in radio. I remember John said to me, because I used to be in Cairns, you know, you'd wear your uh, shorts and thongs and a T-shirt. He'd be like, you need to dress up for the Prime Minister tomorrow, wear your suit. <laughs> so I've got a photo sitting at home of uh, myself and John and our uh, station manager, Gina, uh, together with John Howard. And the funny thing is, both John Howard and my eyes were closed at the time of the photo. Everyone else's eyes were open. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> so you don't have the option like you do on an iPhone now, where it takes no. a bit of video and you can adjust just where if you do close your eyes you can adjust to where the 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 eyes are open absolutely and let me tell you cans 28 29 degree day with about 80 percent humidity the suit i'm just glad i was in air conditioning that mm. day Yes, I can imagine it'd uh, be rather sweaty. You oh, got the yeah. you uh, when you're in Cairns. You also did a sports show there as well. Yeah, we did uh, a couple of hours of the sports show. I panelled that uh, for uh, the two boys who come in on a Saturday and talk some local sport. I also did uh, Saturday breakfast as well for a bit, and I did my own drive show from three till six. So, um, and this is great because you don't get an opportunity to do this now. Um, at the station I was at, uh, Easy Mix 846, we were allowed to play whatever we wanted from the CD library. Really? You don't, yeah, you don't get that nowadays. It's all pretty much programmed for you in next gen, and goodness forbid if you go and change a song. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say, did they have a, a, like a playlist or something to stick to or make sure you don't play this, don't play that? Well, pretty much they said, look, any CD that we've got in here has a song on it that you're pretty much allowed to play. So you can go uh, as crazy as you want. Just don't go too out there. And I found uh, a CD that one of the old breakfast announcers did and left in the studio for us. And it had a bit of Nickelback on it. And I thought, hold on a second, Nickelback on an easy mix radio <laughs> station. But it was their, uh, one of their slower songs, Far Away. And I think I played that one day. And uh, I thought I was pretty cool, you know, playing you know Nickelback, who were pretty big at the time on the radio. And then Station Magic comes up and says, mate, uh, can you just stick to the 60s and 70s, please? Nickelback's not really our demo. I'm like, okay, no worries. Yeah, what was that Nickelback song that started, I Like Your Pants Around Your Feet? I'm sure that yeah, would have been definitely- a good run. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> that one got stopped after about five seconds, that one. Oops, Holly's <laughs> off the air. Um, so, Cairns <laughs> was a uh, great two years of your life. You got to experience a lot of radio there. So, from Cairns to a Cap City radio station, 4KQ in Brisbane, you made your um, breakfast radio producer debut. Yeah, and you know, Bevo, a lot of people in radio say that they have a particular radio station that they've always wanted to work for or dreamed of working for. And this was the case for me with 4KQ. We used to drive past their studios at Logan Road at Stone's Corner and whoever was in the car with me, I'd always point to the building and I'd say, see that place there? I'm going to eventually work there one day. And sure enough, in 2008, I did. And I've got um, Gary Clare and Laurel to, to thank for that. And also Barry Drinkwater as well, because uh, they were looking for a new producer. And it just so happened 
that uh, Laurel and Gary immediately thought of me and uh, Gary said, look, uh, my wife Leanne has been uh, summoned up to Cairns to preside over some uh, courtroom matters up there. I'm going on holidays up there. I'll go and catch up with Harley and see if he's interested. So um, Gary and I met together and we had a bit of a coffee, I think at the coffee club on the Esplanade and had a good chat. And within a few weeks, I flew down back home to Brizzy, met with Barry Drinkwater and then uh, he gave me one of my favourite gigs, which was something I'd always dreamed of, working on the 4KQ Breakfast Show, which I'd listened to as a kid growing up with uh, Kim and Laurel at the time. That it was uh, Bob, Laurel and Gary. And now to work with uh, Laurel, Gary and Mark, it was just an absolute dream come true, a real pinch-me moment. I can imagine, because I also uh, grew up listening to 4KQ back in the uh, Kim and Laurel days, and then um, before that it was Kim and Jill. So you got <laughs> to work with the uh, Breakfast Show after those guys. Which which is um, just legendary. I mean, Laurel's been there for forever, hasn't she? Yeah, she has uh, over 30 years now or yeah. coming up to that. And I think Gary uh, has been there almost about the same amount of time. Uh, Gary was actually producing mm. uh, for Kim and Laurel and then got his spot on the air. I remember one day when I was uh, eight or nine, I ended up doing an entire breakfast show with Kim. And my mum and dad were sitting in the uh, in the producer's booth with Gary for the entire morning. And it was just incredible to see, um, to experience that as a nine-year-old, you know, living the dream. The voice was very high and squeaky. And I must admit, looking back on some of the tapes, I was a little bit silly. I think, um, you know, playing up a little bit, I guess, because I was, you know, being a superstar on radio, as I thought mm. I was at nine. But, um, no, it was great. And then to be back there years and years later doing it for a job and getting paid for it was just incredible. What is Laurel Edwards like? She is amazing. Um, Laurel, Gary and Mark, what you get on the radio in the mornings is exactly what you get off air. They are such lovely people. Uh, Laurel is amazing. I mean, there were many times over the years where she would give me such great advice, um, especially in the dating department. Oh, look, well, basically, she knew I was a little unlucky with the ladies and, you know, she knew that there might have been uh, one or two ladies who might have fancied me, so she, you know, tried to help me in that department. But also, um, when the 2011 floods hit, she was one of the first people to, to text. We were okay. We were in Maruka, but... Uh, and she texted me and she said, look, uh, if your family need anything, uh, you can come stay with us. We can get you food. Um, she was just really, really lovely. And she was always uh, a very big supporter of mine. Uh, Gary is so funny. Like, it's not just put on on the radio, but he is so funny off air too. There were so many days where he would just have us all in stitches because he's just so quick and that what he just comes up with in a split second is just incredible. And uh, Mark's amazing too. Like, uh, Mark's had a huge career uh, in Sydney. Uh, yeah, we used to work Gold together Coast. at The Edge 96.1. He was on Breakfast with Joe Abbey. Yeah, yeah, uh, and he, he was lovely as well. I remember one of the first weeks I was there, I think it was either the first or second week, and um, we were still getting to know each other, and he said, hey, look, you know, my 40th's coming up, why don't you come along? And I thought, wow, this is all right, he's only known me a week, and we're already at <laughs> his 40th birthday party. So that was pretty cool, but they're very lovely people, and um, I, I really do treasure their friendship, and I still catch up with them, mainly Laurel and Mark, mainly because Gary, I don't know if Gary's got a mobile phone or Facebook yet, but I'm sure they're working on getting him set up with that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my dad. He's a bit like that. So from 4KQ, you spent a good four years there, September 2008 to August 2012. What happened mm. after that? 
Um, well, it got to a point where I was uh, kind of thinking of moving on a little bit and sometimes you, you kind of get to a point where your heart isn't really in it anymore. And I know it sounds really weird being uh, in your dream job at your dream radio station, but I just had this real desire to, to get back on the radio and I, I just thought it would be um, not right of me to continue on doing the job if my heart wasn't in it because... The three guys on air deserved a producer whose heart was actually in it and not someone who was only just, you know, coming in and just doing it every day. So I, I left there and our uh, traffic reporter on 4KQ Breakfast was uh, Jay Lane. And I mentioned to Jay that I wanted to get back on air again. And he said, well, look, why don't you come and try out here at the Australian Traffic Network? And uh, I left 4KQ, did um, in between, I did a month's worth of shifts at um, a station that you're familiar with, Bevo, 101.5 in Caboolture. Uh-huh. I did a couple of uh, breakfast shows there and then uh, sat in with Jay. And almost nine years later, I'm still there to this day. The Australian Traffic Network. It's uh, a little bit different to working a shift on radio, but... During that time, you made some pretty good uh, industry connections, um, getting yourself yeah. some work with The Breeze, which is uh, was a station based in Bow Desert, now at Helensvale. What mm. was that what, like working for The Breeze? Well, that's one that Chops gave me, actually. He was going away on holidays, and uh, they were looking for someone to replace him. They, they didn't have anybody available, and they said, Dave, do you know someone? He said, I do, and I got in contact with uh, Aaron, the station manager down there. We had a bit of a chat, and uh, he gave me the gig to fill in for a couple of weeks, and seven years later, I'm still there. I'm currently doing 12 to 4 weekdays, so you can hear me right across Queensland and New South Wales on their repeaters there, and it's it's lovely. It's a, it's a great gig and um, I, I really enjoyed my time there. Some great Christmas parties too. Did you get a chance to work with Donna Lynch at all? I do. As a matter of fact, I was. Uh, uh, she does the shift before me. She does 9 till 12. And I. that's another kind of pinch me moment because, um, you know, Donna is an absolute legend in Brisbane Radio with her time with the morning crew. And mm. just to, to, to work with her and, you know, follow her every day is just incredible i just like you're, you're following donna lynch you know this is it's just great and she's lovely she's absolutely lovely and um yeah i i can't speak highly enough of her she's just amazing what about your time with um mix fm on the sunshine coast that was uh, another great opportunity to do weekends uh in a different market yeah, well, we, we mentioned Ryan, Rhino, Ryan K before. Uh, he actually emailed our boss at ATN and said, look, we're looking for some announcers. If any of your traffic reporters need uh, some extra work, we'd love to have them. And it just so happened that a couple of weeks before, I'd been emailing Rhino some of my work and um, he um, obviously, you know, knew of, knew of me because he would reply back and say, yep, we've got nothing at the moment, mate, but just keep in contact. So I uh, emailed him back and said, hey, you know, here you got some work going and we organised a meeting for later on that week. I think it was on the Wednesday or Thursday and uh, another one of our good buddies, Tim Aquilina, was in the meeting as well. Yes. And pretty much... A couple of days later, I was on air on the Saturday afternoon at Mix. I think it was two till four, I think, from memory. Did that end up being like a permanent shift? Like, you seem to be there quite a lot on that um, afternoon shift. Yeah, I was um, mainly the, the weekend guy. So uh, there'd always be an outside broadcaster, Joyce Maine or Harvey Norman on a Saturday. So I'd uh, jump in and panel that between 9 and 12. And then from 12 to 4, they let me loose on the radio. And anytime uh, Lyndon or, or Tim or, or the drive guys might have been away, um, they would always call up and say, hey, would you like a shift? And 
yeah, Christmas New Year was always great because there was always a shift going and it was just wonderful. It was a great seven years there at Mix and uh, hopefully uh, we, have, we haven't had a chance to get there since COVID, but hopefully um, one of these days, once everything's all fixed up with that, we can uh, get back up there and do it again because it was um, a great place to work and I loved every minute of it. You're now a dad. Congratulations. I am. What's, what's this you. new lease on life for you like? <laughs> Well, it's given me, and I said this to someone the other day, it's actually given me a new perspective on what's important. Now, for many, many years for me, it was always career-driven, and career was the main thing that I was worried about. Then, of course, I met the lovely Emma, and she became a priority. And uh, then once we had Ollie, uh, he became um, just like Emma, you know, family, being a a little bit more of a priority, so that's great. He's... uh, I like to call him a three-nager. He's almost four, but he's got the attitude of a 13-year-old. <laughs> but uh, you know what? Look, uh, what happens with that? You know, that, it's just, you know, the usual witching hour thing. And people, my parents of little kids would know this. You know, they get to about five o'clock in the afternoon, they get tired and cranky and want to, you know, talk back and all that kind of thing and not do what you tell them to do. But, uh, you know, you, you get the other side of the coin and you could be sitting on the couch with him watching uh, Paw Patrol or playing one of his Hot Wheels games on the tablet and he'll just out of nowhere just come out and give you a hug and say, I love you, Daddy, and that's really lovely. And we're actually going to be a dad again in about seven weeks' time. My wife's just about to go on maternity leave now, so we're going to have a a second addition to the family in the next few weeks, so that's very exciting too. Well, at least you're experienced now, Holly. It's not all new to you. You'll know what to do this time (laughs) around, but they always say the second one is totally different to the first. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I have heard that too. But at least this time around, I'm a little bit more relaxed about it. I know what to pack in the go bag. I know how to change a nappy now. So it's it's all good. It's not as daunting as the first time around. Now, I wanted to do this. I've always wanted mm-hmm. you to record in front of me or an interview that I did with you. Your outro on the traffic. It's its <laughs> embedded in my brain. It is how I know you as Chris. Oh, uh, yeah. Do you want to... Do you want to um, Give us an outro for one of your traffic reports. (laughs) Why not? All right. It's Chris. Another update in 30 minutes with Bevo for breakfast. Yeah! Chris Hull, (laughs) thank you so much for sharing your journey on the Radio Fanboy Podcast. Thanks, Bevo. Like the Radio Fanboy Podcast? Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or visit leebevington.com.au. Lee Bevington Media, voiceovers and on-air talent for radio, television, and podcasts.